met before. Uh, met me before. My name is Anton. I'm a missionary, a local missionary at uh, Griffith Uni. I'm reaching out uh, to international students. Is he on? Yeah. Uh, we preach Jesus to international students, and we train uh, Christian leaders to yeah to just work together with us uh, to reach out the campus for for Jesus. Uh, we're gonna be uh, hearing about the Trinity. It's uh, the hardest. Probably the hardest doctrine ever. Uh, so please pray with me as we continue. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, making us in your image. We thank you that you have revealed yourself uh, in the perfect Trinity. Lord, we we are meant to reflect your image by the way we love one another, by the way we love you, Lord. Yet we fail to do so. We have broken uh, the relationship with you and others by our sins. So thank you for the death of, of Jesus, your son, who gives us another chance to have the perfect relationship with God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads us to embrace Jesus as our Savior. Uh, we know, Lord, this time as, as we think about this uh, difficult topic, uh, a complicated topic, we are limited in our understanding. Uh, so please help us to understand, uh, to yeah, to learn and think about Trinity. So we pray to the glory of the Holy Trinity, three persons in the perfect relationship of love, yet one God in His very nature. Amen. All you need is love. All you need is love. All you need is love. Love. Love is all you need. Uh, this is was the famous songs, one of the famous songs uh, by the Beatles. I know probably uh, most of you probably haven't had born back then, or most of you probably. Uh, John Lennon, uh, which was one of the key members, uh, said this in the interview. Yeah, it, 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 I think if you get down to basics, whatever the problem is, is usually to do with love. I'm talking about real love. This is what he said. Love is appreciation of other people and allowing them to be. Love is allowing somebody to be themselves. And that's what we do need. Friends, in many ways, John Lennon was partly right. All we need is love. But what kind of love are we talking about here? Do we really need the love that John Lennon described? in his interview to appreciate other people and to allow, to allow them uh, to be themselves. I think in many ways it is uh, his license, the license to actually people to, to accept who you are. You do whatever you want to do and people, you want people to accept you still. But is that really a true love? Is that really a true love? Uh, this morning my aim is, is really to stretch our brain uh, on this a topic of Trinity, uh, that God is love, that God is love, and then we can know and we can experience this uh, through the Trinity. If you, uh, first time um, to hear this word, uh, if you're new to Christianity, the Trinity is, is a teaching that there is only one God, there is only one God who eternally exists in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And like I said, the teaching 
itself it can be really, really complicated. It's, it's really uh, complicated. This is because our minds are finite. Our mind are, is limited, but our God is infinite. He's so much greater than our minds in many possible ways. So as, as finite creatures, we need to accept that there'll be some truths about, about this God like the Trinity, for example, that we will never, ever fully understand. Uh, of course, this doesn't mean that we, we must ignore the teaching. Uh, sometimes when, when we think about, oh, the Trinity is more for the pastors, it's more for uh, Bible scholars to actually grapple with uh, about this uh, concept, uh, because it, it doesn't really give us a practical significance in life. For us who are, who are struggling with, with difficult kids, uh, tough marriage, a busyness of life, uh, uni, uh, ministry, family, or, or just struggling, just struggling in your life, You're just having a hard time in general. Maybe we don't really care about the Trinity. We probably just want to know that God is God, that He cares about us, that He loves us, that He knows who we are, and what we, we've been through this, this, this week, or, or this month, or, or this year. But I do hope and pray for, for every single one of us this morning to see the importance of the, the Trinity. Now, uh, it's a bit too dark. Anyway, the, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. If you click from Genesis to Revelations, you, you try to find the word Trinity. It's not there. Uh, but just because the word is not there, it doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't teach about it. There's so many biblical uh, references uh, pointing to the Trinity uh, about this one God exists in three persons. But this morning, I'm going only to focus on two passages. Uh, so the first one is from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. So it's not on the screen, but in your Bible, if you have a look at uh, verses 6 to 9, uh, this is the truth that God wants uh, His people, the Israelites, to teach their kids. Like, wherever they go or whatever they do, uh, they need to put this truth on their heart. And the truth is in verse 4. This is what it says. He, or Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Uh, many people who are against the Trinity might say, see, it's simple. The Lord is only one God. Why do you have to make it so complicated in the New Testament that you have three persons? Friends, of course, when we hear the word one, we straight away think about, about it as a mathematical number. For example, I have one wife, I have one, one Bible, or one book, one iPhone. But that's not what this, verses, this verse is saying. You know, in, in our modern days, we're familiar with the concept of one God. Uh, you either believe in a God or you don't believe in a God. But it's different to the ancient world. They were living in the context of henotheism. It's a, it's a big word there, henotheism. Uh, that is, each group of people have their own supreme deity. For example, you have Marduk in, in Babylon. Uh, you have Ashur in Assyria. Uh, and under these supreme deities, they have many lesser gods, such as, you know, maybe God for healing, God for protection, God for blessings upon the soil, uh, God for war, hunting, and, and more. 
So there are so many lesser, lesser gods. In fact, the more gods you have, the better your life is going to be. So that's what they believe. So that's why in, in that context, God speaks to his people. He or Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Uh, verse 5 uh, will help us un to understand more. What, what does it really mean when it says, the Lord is one? For it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. In other words, when God says, the Lord is one, God is saying, I am unique. I am the one and, and the only God. And you must love me. You must be devoted to me in a total way. You don't worship so-called God in Babylon or, or in Assyria or, or anywhere else. So that's really the context that, that these two verses, that the Lord is one, He's the one and the only God, and you must love the Lord your God, not, not with some of your heart, not with some of your souls, but with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now, uh, by the time... Uh, of the New Testament, uh, this unique God, this one God, reveals himself in, in, in Trinity. Uh, but it doesn't mean that he's not existed in three persons before. God is, God was, and always be eternally in the Trinity. Okay, we, we all understand the concept of name, right? So everybody has a name here, hopefully. Uh, when we meet a person, uh, we will introduce our name. My name is Anton. Uh, I'm not John. Uh, someone say, he's John. Uh, John is not Anton. Anton is not John. Uh, you get the idea. But name is not just a label that we put on someone or when your parents actually gave you a name. Your name is who you are. Name bound up with the identity. Uh, remember in the passage that, we, that was read for us earlier, as Jesus is about to go to heaven, uh, he's commanding the disciples to baptize future disciples, future Christians, into a name, a name in which his followers will be identified with. Jesus says in, in verse uh, 19 of Matthew chapter 28, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You might ask, you know, obviously this, this passage is not about the, Trin the Trinity, but it's about, about making disciples. But Jesus wants to make sure that they understand this name. They understand this name if they want to make disciples. Because it is in this name they will be identified with. Now, I want, I want to see quickly a, a couple of things here uh, in this verse. Uh, first, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinguished as distinct persons. Secondly, uh, notice that each person is placed uh, on the same level as God. Why would Jesus tell them to baptize in the name of himself and of the Holy Spirit if they're just merely creatures? Thirdly, Jesus doesn't say in the names, as in plural form, but in the name, in a singular form. For there is only one God. And lastly, uh, Jesus doesn't also say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and Spirit. 
as if this name only belongs to one God with three different roles, Father, Son, and Spirit. Instead, Jesus says in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Can you see that? Stressing that this one name of God belongs fully to each distinct person in the Trinity. Now, this is really a way that the rubber hits the road for many. Uh, how can you say God is one, but three, but in three distinct persons? That's why uh, many people have tried to explain the Trinity with illustrations. I think probably some of you uh, have come up with this kind of illustrations. Uh, while they might help to understand uh, us to, to a certain degree about this, uh, the, the concept of Trinity, some of them are not really helpful and will lead us to error. So let, let me give you a couple of unhelpful illustrations on the Trinity. So here's the first one. Uh, I don't know if someone said this. Uh, some people say the Trinity is like an egg. Uh, a chicken egg consists of a shell, a yolk, and a white. Yet three parts all together create one egg. Now the problem with that is God cannot be divided into parts. We can say the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God, but not for an egg. We cannot say the shell is egg, the yolk is an egg, and the white is an egg. We can only say there are parts of egg. Now, second uh, illustration is quite popular too. Uh, Yep, some of you probably say this too. Uh, some people say the Trinity is like water uh, because it can be ice, it can be steam, or can be liquid, but it remains H2O. Now, the problem is that, that the water is never in all three forms at all times. Sorry, at, at one time. It can be liquid, it can be solid, and gas at the same time. Whereas God was, is, at all times from eternity, exists in three distinct persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And also the water, the water changes from, from ice to liquid. Uh, you know, like if you put uh, water in, inside uh, the, the fridge, it will turn into ice too. Whereas the Father doesn't change to the Son. Or the Holy Spirit doesn't change to the Father. Last one, uh, this one, another illustration, uh, like a man, Trinity, the, the Trinity is like a man with three different roles. This is quite popular. Uh, one man uh, can be at the same time a father, a manager, or a husband. So three different roles. It explains how God can be both one and three. Well, this illustration is actually it's a false teaching uh, back in the second century. It's called modalism. That God is, is playing different roles uh, in the history, but he is eternally existed in one person only. But God is not one person with three different roles. He is one God with three distinct persons. The Father who is not the Son and who is not the Holy Spirit. The Son who is not the Father and who is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who is not the Son, and who is not the Father. Okay, it's really complex. Uh, 
But how can you say that God is one being in three distinct persons? Well, we can't really understand it fully because we don't live in God's dimension. We live in humans' dimensions. If you know C.S. Lewis, the greatest uh, writer, the greatest apologist, uh, I think he, he wrote Narnia, a bunch of books, uh, perhaps uh, he can help us to understand uh, this complexity. So we, we can't understand fully, but we can understand. It's, it's so complex that we can't really understand. So imagine if we live in a flat sheet of paper, that we can only see two things, or we can only see things in two-dimensional uh, ways. Uh, so, uh, imagine this one, just called Jane. Uh, Jane li- has been living in this flat sheet of paper. And then you, one of you, maybe say John Smith. Or hopefully not John Smith here. Uh, John Smith, you live in this three-dimensional world. So, you know what cube looks like. Cube is looks like this. I don't know if you can see. This has uh, six squares. So, if you're John Smith... Uh, I'm going to put you somehow in there, trying to explain Jane what the cube looks like. So Jane, looking at the cube, he only can see, she can only see cube has three squares. So John Smith trying to convince her, no, cube has six squares. No matter how hard John is trying to explain to Jane, Jane cannot fully understand because she can only see in a two-dimensional way. So in the same way, because in this world, we can only understand one being as one person, so we can never fully understand God who lives in a different dimension as one being in three distinct persons. So we need to acknowledge our limitation to understand the Trinity. Okay, does it really matter uh, if God is, is, is in one or, or is, is in three persons? Does it really matter? Uh, some of you probably ask, it doesn't really matter. But it does matter. It does matter because in the Trinity we find a perfect love. You know, everybody in this world talks about love. Love is, they seek for love, they want to be loved. Uh, At the core, love is the thing uh, we all need as human beings. But we know, unfortunately, love is the thing we struggle so much to get it right. But only in the Trinity we can finally understand the true, perfect love. We talk in, in the Bible uh, from 1 John, 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 8. It says, it, it says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. It says God is love. It doesn't say God has love or it doesn't say God becomes love. God is love means in his nature, in, in his very being, he is love. If you only have one God, exists eternally in one person, how can God express his perfect love 
if he needs to create someone or something in order to learn about love, how can that kind of love be a perfect love? It just doesn't make sense. That's why perfect love only makes sense in the Trinity. I mean, God didn't need to create someone in order to learn about love. Because God exists in three distinct persons, and from eternity past, they have forever loved each other. Now, God didn't also create uh, the world because he was lonely. You know, sometimes we say, oh, maybe God was so lonely that he just created all of us uh, in this world so that he could learn about how to love. No, he created this world to actually to share this, his perfect love with humanity. You know, we're told in Genesis, uh, you know that story really well, human beings uh, were created in the image of God. What does it mean? It means we are meant to reflect this perfect love relationship between us and between God and between others. But we know very well, maybe since Sunday school, that sin comes into this world. And as a result, our love relationship with God is totally broken. Our love relationship with others is broken too. We love ourselves more than we love God. And sin messes up that perfect love, the one that we meant to reflect. Love is not self-giving anymore. It's all about me. It's all about self-centeredness. You know, I want to be loved. I want people to appreciate me and to allow me to do whatever I want. Well, that's love, according to John Lennon. And when we love someone, we always want to be loved in return. Uh, we put something into, into a relationship because of what we can get out of it. Even for some people, when, when they love God, they just oh, maybe I love God, I want to serve God so that God can bless me because they want something in return. But the perfect love in the Trinity is very different. Instead of self-centeredness love, it's about self-giving love for others. One last Bible verse, uh, Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, we are told that God demonstrates His love for us, that perfect love, while we're still sinners. While we're still acting in, in rebellion against God, Christ, the incarnate person of the Trinity, dies for us. He gives us his life for us sinners. So that through his death, we all can have a perfect love relationship with God. Now for some of us this morning, uh, if you still have a broken relationship with God, only you know. You've been searching about, you know, what love, what life is all about. You've been living your whole life trying to this purpose, trying to find love, but you won't find it. You will never ever find it until you find Jesus. In Jesus, you have life, and in Him your relationship with God can be restored. So come to Jesus and seek His truth in the Bible. You know, speak to your Christian friends. Maybe they uh, brought you 
uh, here this morning. Talk to them, and may God the Holy Spirit move your hearts uh, to receive the perfect love relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. For many of, of us this morning, your relationship with God uh, has been restored. Great. Praise God. But we're not, to be, we're not made just to relate to God. We are made to relate to one another too. We're not made to find happiness in living just for ourselves. We are called to love one another self-givingly. As the reflections of the image of God, it's not about us anymore, but it's about others. That's love. It's not about us, but it's about others. Let me give you some examples. You know, when my uh, students uh, at uni sacrifice their time, uh, during their busy time, uh, they still uh, come to Focus Friday to help out, to make friends, so that many, many students can, can come uh, to learn about Jesus. That's love. They sacrifice their time. When my wife, Ann, uh, cooks uh, for students every week, every Friday, she doesn't need uh, recognition. That's her gift. She, she uses it for the sake of others. That's love. When you come to church week in, week out, uh, you come not just for yourself, but to encourage one another. That's love. When you pray for one another, when you cook, when you clean the church, when you play music, when you teach Sunday schools, when you talk to people, talk to strangers, talk to newcomers, that's love. Because it's not about you, but it's about others. Whatever you do, you do it for others. That's love. And every single one of us here this morning, we can contribute something to the body of Christ, to the church. That's why church exists. We're not a social club. You don't have to come to church if you just want to hang out with your friends. You can just go to the pub, go to the social club. It is the church which Jesus has bought with his own blood and he has demonstrated his perfect love, the self-giving love for sinners, for all of us. So we need to love others self-givingly too. By serving one another with our talents, with our gifts, skills, whatever it is, we do it for the glory of God. Lastly, uh, you know, as we serve one another, as we love one another, we will stop up. Many times we will still be selfish, you know, when, when I, I try to do something for my wife to express my love, there's something behind me, it's like, oh yeah, I'll get something in return. Uh, I still can be selfish we, because we still love ourselves too much. Instead of giving to other people, we demand, what can I get from doing this or from doing that? Well, that's the reality of living outside the Garden of Eden. That's the reality that we are still living in this, in this broken world, in this sinful body, imperfect body. So it is important that all of us, we need to acknowledge, we need to confess our sins, that we're still far from what God wants us to be. But be thankful. You know, God doesn't leave us in that condition. He gives us the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, to live in us, to work in us, to change us, to shape us, to return us to the image of God in which we are originally created. I'll pray.
Father God, we thank you for your son, Christ Jesus, that in him we understand the perfect love of God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who gives us a new life and keeps changing us to be more like you. Father God, we thank you for Pastor Iggy and his family, for his love, for their love for you and for us. Lord, please give them every single day of their life wisdom, patience, hope as they shepherd your people here. We thank you for deacons here at CPE. We thank you for their energy, time, support in ministering to us. May their love for you increase each new day. Lord, we thank you for helpers, volunteers here at CPE. We pray that we will continue to serve you self-givingly too, as Jesus did. Lastly, God, we pray for every single one of us, Lord. You know us better, Lord. We need you always in every season of our life. You know, we get ill easily. It's hard for us just to raise our kids. We are so busy at work. We're looking for a new job, perhaps. We're struggling with our marriage. We are so stressed with our studies. Our relationship with others, it can be quite messy, Lord. You know, our prayer life is not that great. We don't spend on your uh, word that much. We struggle, Lord. We struggle with many things as we live in this broken world and as we see ourselves. So, Lord, help us and strengthen us. Cling our hearts to you by your Holy Spirit. We pray all these things because we know you are the God, the Father, who knows our needs. You are God, the Son, who gives us hope. You are the Holy Spirit who always pray for us in times of need. So we praise you, Lord. We worship you, the Holy Trinity, three in one and one in three. Amen.